Well, welcome to everyone in Cicero and, and Westcott and Auburn and the north side. I'm, I'm so glad that you are joining us and those in line. In fact, I want to start out by, by making an announcement that um, this week's message, we are going to start podcasting our messages. So the way you can do that to get it if you miss it, and I know there's a lot of people that rather instead of watching on the screen would just rather have a podcast. So we're doing it. It's Vineyard NY, um, and if you go to your... Wherever you get your podcasts. I'm not sure even how you do that. <laughs> but we are starting it, okay? I don't need to know. I heard myself talk. You know, so it's the podcast is under Vineyard NY. And that's how you can get it. Good. Well, let me start with my, um, let me ask you this question. What is your all-time number one favorite movie? Like, what is your, 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 the best movie that you ever saw? Just think about it for a moment. I want you to name it. I mean, for some of you, maybe your big movie watch is hard to say. And maybe even you can only pick one of your top five. Like, but think of that movie, okay? What is it? Now, I want you to tell the person next to you what your movie is. Go ahead. Tell them. Tell them at the sites. Go ahead. Let them know what your favorite movie is. Yeah, I, I hear about a lot of, I'm hearing good movies coming out, but I, I'll tell you what, I, heard, I think I heard Mean Girls, okay, but that's, that's probably my top five. One of my ones in my top five is a movie called Tommy Boy. Tommy Boy, it's a great movie. It's about this kind of funny, bumbling guy who, who you know, just kind of a, a guy who just always messes up, but somehow he messes it forward. And, and kind of wins in the end. And I, I, I love Tommy Boy. And I, I think I love that movie because it's like my life story, you know? <laughs> like, like there are guys in the vineyard say, oh, yeah, they call me the Tommy Boy of the vineyard, you know? And I, I get that. You know, we love great movies because they entertain us. They inspire us. They, they, they thrill us. They challenge us. Sometimes they can have deep impact on our lives. You know, a few years after I uh, first connected with Jesus, I saw this movie called Brother, Son, Sister Moon. And it had a deep impact in my life. It's, it's a story about Francis of Assisi. And it's about his early life. And he was a, a, a very rich, privileged kid. And, and um, one day he has this encounter with Jesus and, and begins to, to, to connect with Jesus and begins to see how all his privilege was because they were oppressing these families uh, and, and literally working them almost to death in his basement. And he has this transformation. And because of his encounter with Jesus, he begins to see how wrong materialism is. And he renounces materialism and, and goes and leads a life of, of serving the poor. And that, that movie had such a deep impact. It transformed me. It, it, for the first time since I'd been following Jesus, I understood the depth of the sin of, of materialism and God's heart for the poor. Movies can have that kind of impact on us. And the great ones do that because they... they they tie into a truth that resonates in our soul. They have stories that touch 
our brokenness and yet somehow bring this, this hope that may have a whiff or a sense, may even be rooted in a truth from the Bible. And so today I'm starting this new series called Blockbusters. And for, for the next five weeks, we are going to look at some, some blockbuster movies over the last year. And we're going to examine what truths are in them from Scripture and go deeper in that truth than that movie ever could. We're going to take a look at a Shazam. And we're going to look at The Lion King. In fact, just so you know, we have rented out a whole movie theater. And what we want to do for The Lion King, it's on August 9th. You can buy tickets. It's in a program how to do it. Um, but you can buy a ticket. And what we would like you to do, this is the punch of what we want you to do. We want you to invite a friend. And if you invite a guest and someone who is in nobody's church, bring them. We'll pay half that ticket. So you get a ticket, and then, and then guest tickets, we'll, it's only half price for you. And you bring them, and what will happen, we'll be together. And before or after the movie, we want to see how the theater works it. But I'll like just welcome them, and, and um, I'll let them know that, you know, hey, this movie is great. It has some really incredible truths. And we're going to talk about them this next Sunday so you can understand them maybe even in a deeper way. And it's a great way then to invite them to come that two days later, Sunday church, to hear a salvation message. So um, I hope you take a... Uh, advantage of that. So Lion King, we're going to look at a green book, and, and we're going to look at um, Captain Marvel. And just took it some deep truths of that. And, and the reason we're doing this is because I think we can find God's truth in these. And when you study God's truth, it can transform you. It's based on, on something Jesus said. When, when you came in at all the sites, you should have got a, a card that looks like this. And somehow you got in here without getting this card. It's got a sentence from the Bible. Just raise your hand, and our ushers will find you and get you to there. And just uh, hold them up. The uh, reason I'd like everyone to have one is so you can look at this. Put this somewhere so in the next five weeks, you're reading this. You're thinking about it. I hope you meditate on this. I really hope at the end of the day you memorize this. I think it's a powerful truth. Here's a, Jesus said this. He said, if you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciple. Like he was teaching truth. And he said, if you embrace that, and if holiness, embracing it and walking it out, if you put into action the things I say, the truths I give you, you really are my disciple. We really do have this, this deep friendship. I really am molding you. And then if you do that, you know it and you act on it, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. See, when we get biblical truths, it brings freedom into our life. Freedom from insecurity. Freedom from fear. Freedom from guilt and shame. Freedom to be all that we were meant and made to be. There's great freedom in knowing the truth from God. So today, to start a series, what I want to do is look at Spider-Man, Into the Spider-Verse. How many people saw that movie? 
Well, not many of you. <laughs> it was really good. I've seen it twice, okay? It is a great movie. Uh, you probably know the, 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 the storyline of Spider-Man, right? It, it's um, some just average young kid, you know, a teenage kind of kid who gets bit by a radioactive spider and, and uh, it, it, dis, it puts in him these, these new powers, and he kind of figures it out and grows in it. And, and then he's thrust in this, this role of saving the, the world, generally speaking. And this is kind of a new rendition of that storyline. And, and in that storyline, there's some real truths. In fact, in that movie, there are four things that I know about every one of you in this room, including if Spider-Man was here. Four things that universally are all of us. Here's the first one. Each of you have unique gifting that every one of us do. If I had the time and you would allow me and I lined everybody up that's listening to this podcast or watching this online or, or however you're hearing this, if I could interview you and you give me 10, 15 minutes with every person, I could walk away. And I could say, wow, this person, man, this is incredible. They have this, this unique gifting and talents and skills. Like, like there's this niche that they were one of the best for that role that I've ever seen in my life. Each one of us has this combination that we have been uniquely made. And, and Spider-Man had unique gifting. And he was, he was bit by this radioactive spider. And the scene we're going to look at, he is just beginning to figure out that he has power. This is the morning after being bitten. He's just figuring out things are changing for him. That's weird. My pants shrank. I think I hit puberty. I got to get my pants. Wait, why is the voice in my head so loud? What? Oh, are you okay? What? Why am I so sweaty? Why are you so sweaty? It's a puberty thing. <laughs> I don't know why I said that. I'm not going through puberty. I did, but I'm done. I'm a man. So you're like new here, right? We got that in common. Yeah, that's one thing. Cool, yeah. I'm Miles. I'm Gwanda. Wait, your name is Gwanda? Yes, it's African. I'm South African. Uh, no accent, though, because I was raised here. Do the shoulder touch now before she walks away. Why is this so scary? Am I doing this in slow motion, or does it just feel that way? I'm kidding. It's Wanda, no G. That's crazy. Hey. Okay, then. Uh, I'll see you around. Oh, see you. Hey! Um. Oh, crap. Um, can you let go, please? I ow, ow, can't ow! Calm let down. go. It's fine, just. Let go! Miles, let go! Been on it? It's just puberty. I don't think you know what puberty is. Just relax. Okay, I have a plan. I'm going to pull really hard. That's a terrible plan. Don't do this. Two, three.
Nice to meet you. Sure. Total pleasure. <laughs> Gets bit by a spider. He has these unique gifts he doesn't even know how to do. It's, it's awkward. It's hard. And now his hands are like spider sticky. And, you know, he's just this, but he's, he's unique. He's different now than everybody. You know, the same thing happens to us in some ways. You know, we don't get bit by a spider. We get touched by the Holy Spirit. And it releases these unique and new gifts in us. You know, the, the Bible tells us that we all have this, this unique gifting. Listen to this. This is Paul writing this church in Corinth, a church that he planted. A church that he was a part of for a few years, theologians tell us. People he loves and knows. He writes this. He says, you know, there are different kinds of gifts, but the same spirit distributes them. Understand this. If you connect with Jesus, you get the Holy Spirit, the very spirit of God in you. And it gives you power and gift and, and, and this renewed sense, this potential to be all you want to be. It's when we connect with Jesus. Now, I know not everybody here is, has connected with Jesus yet. And some of you may be researching or just thinking about it. You, you came by for some reason, whatever reason. I'm really glad you're here. But, and I'm glad you're hearing this because you'll, you'll understand one of those benefits of starting a relationship with Jesus is you get his Holy Spirit. And you, you release a, a new wave of power in your life. Paul goes on to say there are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. You know, these different roles, these different things that we do. There's, there are different kinds of workings. But in all of them and in everyone is the same God at work. God is using his people. God is, has built in each of us this, this uniqueness. That all of us have been born with, with, with you know, God-given talents. And each one of us in a unique way have developed these these, these learned skills, these, these abilities, you know, maybe you've been trained in this particular way or your experience, you, you, you develop skills and experience. And then there's this Holy Spirit, this, this anointing, this, this release of power in certain areas. Each one, that combination, soaking in a stew of the passion that God put in your soul. Billions of possibilities. And each one is falls on a different spot in this. You know, the the, 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 this, each one of us are uniquely made. And I, I, lo I love seeing those unique gifting that each person has come out. You know, over the last six weeks, I've been, uh, had the privilege to get to every one of our sites for at least one service. And it's so much fun to see all, all the giftings, all the uniqueness happening among our, our five different sites. You know, I, I got to see uh, Tim Bellino at, at the uh, Northside site who comes, has this gifting, this ability to come in and set up a whole sound system and make it sound really good in this, in this old, huge auditorium. And then when we're done having service, tear it back down and put it away in time for lunch. You know, I, I, I got to go to uh, the, to the um, Cicero site last week, and, and, and Brandy Tolan was, was leading worship. 
And she just did such a great and unique job. She had this, this energy and this anointing of the Spirit. And as we worshiped, there, there was a sense of the presence of God. And there was this, this excitement and, and movement in the, in, in, in the room. And, and she was leading worship. And people are clapping and, and yelling and dancing in their spot and lifting their hands. And, and it was just like an awesome experience of the presence of God because her unique gifting God was using. A couple weeks ago, I was, I was at the Westcott site, and I walk in, and I go, and it's just this beautiful layout of, of, of food. I mean, it looked like a, a kind of a hotel setup, and it just, you know, the coffees and the teas and, and you know, different bagels, and it was just really nice and, and done well, and there's a sense of, of warmth. And Sam Waters, who does that and leads that whole team, she, she just brings this unique gifting to this place of hospitality. You know, a, a number of weeks ago, I was, I was down in Auburn. And, and you know, uh, Dave and Tracy Dominic, they, they lead the junior high kids, junior high kids. And they, you know, they, they, they release them at the worship, and, and this whole herd goes out. And they, they rally them up, and they have fun, and, and there's a whole gaggle of them, you know, during the week together. I'm thinking, man, that takes something to, to attract and draw and build a community among junior high kids. You know, if, uh, a couple weeks ago, I was here, and it was last week. And I, I, I went out there uh, doing the announcements. I, I went back, and I, I went to the kids' wing just to see what was going on, because I'm usually preaching. I don't get a chance to do that. And I go to the preschool room, and... and there was Terry Shenick, and she was in this room, and it looked like, to my eyes, like 10 million little kids in that room, you know? I mean, there's at least a dozen, and, and that, that terrifies me. I want, I'm glad they have that little fence to keep, keep them in there, you know? And she was there, and she had all these kids, and they were all quietly listening to her in the lesson and, and eating their snack, and I'm thinking, what kind of black magic is going on in here? You know, it was incredible. Each person, the unique gifting and skills, talents. I know that about everyone in this room. And you know, the second thing I know about everyone in this room is you have an important assignment from God. The creator of the universe wants to use you. Some way. You know, it, it's important, whatever, however he wants to use you, and it's tied in to literally the saving of the world for eternity. Kind of like Spider-Man, you know, he, he, always, he has to beat Kingpin, the, this, this evil giant who, who wants, and willing to destroy the whole world. And he has an assignment to stop it from happening. Oh, we have assignments. You know, let me read you something that Paul wrote. He said, now to each one, this is a universal truth. It doesn't matter your age, your gender, your, your, your ethnic background, your education standing. To each one, everyone who's connected to Jesus, the manifestation of the Spirit, the movement of the Spirit, the power of the Spirit, the assignment from the Holy Spirit to you, 
is given for the common good. That this common good, this, this big plan that God is working out, you, me, we have a place in this plan. And it's big. Listen, listen to what he said to the Ephesian church. He says, we're God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, to use our unique gifting, which God prepared in advance for us to do. That he has this big plan. And you and I, we have an assignment in this plan. We have a role to play. He uniquely created us for it. You know, I say this, I don't care what you've done. I don't care how you've messed up. You still have a role to play. It's important. So now, I know when I say this, and I've talked about this before, that a big question I get from people is, I, uh, so like, what's your thought about this? I say, well, you know, John, I, I, okay, I, I understand you're saying everybody has this, this assignment, a role, a calling, but, but I don't know what mine is. Or I'm, I'm not sure. How, how do you know? How do you do? How, how do you get there? Like, uh, you know, is, is it really for me? Or maybe I have this, I'm, I'm a little afraid, or I'm not certain. I don't want to mess up. I don't want to fail. So there's this kind of confusion and, and resonance of, of moving into it. Can, can I just talk a little bit about that? See, I want you to think about this assignment in, in two different ways. In a very big general sense, we all have a, a general assignment, right? That it's, it's for everybody who's following Jesus. It's what we're all called to do. It's it, wherever we're at, whatever we're doing. You know, we're, we're called to, to worship Jesus, to love other people. Jesus, you know, what's the greatest commandment? To love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and soul, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. There's, that's a general assignment for everybody. We all have this, this general assignment to, to pray for the sick, to, you know, uh, uh, care for the poor. We all have this general assignment to, to make disciples. Go into all the world and make disciples. This is a general assignment each one of us have. But here's the thing. Scripture gives each one of us also a, a more specific call. In a sense, it's like a, a subset that's unique. And maybe even not a subset. It's, it's on top of that general thing. This is a role that you've been made to do. Now, it could be all kinds of things. You know, it, it could be something like you, you need, using uh, your gifting to, to transform your, your work spot, to, to have a Bible study at work. Or, or maybe it's to, you know, raise your assignment right now as a really focusing on your family and, and raise some kids who understand the heart of God, his word, and a passion to serve. You know, it's, it's all kinds of things. It, do, it doesn't have to be vocational. It can be. We have at least about a dozen people here who, are, who feel like their, their assignment, their, their goal, their, 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 their call in life is, is to end up being vocationally pastors. But, but lots of us will do it in different ways, in different places. It, it may be, your assignment may be to find a cure to cancer to the glory of God. But there's this assignment 
You know, it's what God wants you to do. It's the way you're to use your unique gifting. It, it, it could be short-term. It could be long-term. But we have these assignments. You know, it, it's how Jesus wants to use you right now to advance his kingdom. You know, and if you're called to this church, we need you to walk out that assignment. That the reason he would have brought you here is because this unique gift mix you have, this unique aroma that you add, this, this flavor you put in our stew. And he's building a team here. And each one of us find our assignment, our place on the team. It, it becomes so much more fruitful. You know, we have this, this role, this call. Our assignment as a church is to transform central New York. We need all of us to move in our gifting to do it. And when we don't, we're missing something. You know, when I was in junior high and high school, I played lacrosse. And uh, I don't know how much you know about lacrosse, but it's kind of like hockey. When you get a penalty, you have to go to the penalty box. And so suddenly, when there's a penalty, your team's a man down. And on the one end of the field, it's really five against six. And so they have a special team when it's man down. And I was part of the man down defense. And I'd go out there and I was part of that because some of my unique gifting was I was fast. I was fast is a key word in that. Okay. But I was. And I used to be able to run all day and not get winded. And I was like this tenacious defensive guy. And so they put me on the man down defense. And what would happen was we would have to work double hard because somebody wasn't in their assignment, their role. And I had to run back and forth. And it was exhausting. And it was difficult. And you were disadvantaged. And that's what it's like. We don't move in, in our gifting and calling for the kingdom of God. That the move of Jesus is playing man down, if you will. Well, here's another thing I know about everybody in this room. God's assignment will be difficult. See, Jesus calls us to, to bigger things than we are. He calls us off the couch. He calls us into the game. He calls us to a, a place that, that stretches us in faith, where we have to rely on him. I'm telling you this, watch. As you walk out your assignment and get better at doing that, and it's... it's it's going to feel risky. It's going to be scary. That's why lots of people don't walk out their calling. I can't tell you how many people have said, yeah, I really think God wants me to do this thing, but nah, it seems too hard. Or what if I fail? Or what if God doesn't show up? There's this fear that happens. You know, Paul, the apostle, he felt that too. His assignment was bigger than him. L listen to what he wrote. This is, this is pretty amazing. Now he wrote it somewhere. There we go. He says this. He's, he's writing this church he loved, that he's connected with. He says, I don't want you to be uninformed, brothers and sisters. Basically saying, I'm going to tell you the real true story here. That's what spiritual families do. 
we're honest and real about our struggles. That's how we grow and can support one another. He says, I want you to understand, be informed about the troubles we experienced in the province of Asia. We were under great pressure, far beyond our ability to endure, so that we despaired of life itself. Indeed, we felt like we had received the sentence of death. We thought this was just going to kill us. That we were called to, to, this, to Asia. That his church in Antioch, they got together and prophetically they spoke for Paul and Barnabas to go and, and to leave the comfort of where they were and to step out to bring the gospel where it had never been preached before. And they were obedient to this. And it was hard. And it was ringing them. It was beating them. They felt like almost to death. But, but, this happened that we might not rely on ourselves, but on a God who raises the dead. He's saying, sure, this assignment is hard, but when we're out there, when we're fighting, when we're moving forward for the kingdom, the power of God comes. That's there where we see resurrection power. It's there where we see the miracles. It's there that, that, the, that the, the, the fruit of the Spirit, the, the power of the Spirit is manifest. You know, it's when we need him more. In, his, in our weakness, his power shows. Mother Teresa, who walked out her assignment, said, you'll never know that Jesus is all you need until Jesus is all you got. And so when we move in our, our assignment, it stretches us and grows us and transforms us. Now, you might be thinking, would God really call us into a hard place? Isn't walking with Jesus like butterflies and, and, and lollipops? No, it's... There is a toughness to it. There's great joy and great peace. I mean, just think of Jesus, right? I mean, Jesus, he had, first he has this assignment to, to be with his family, and, and his assignment was a, to, to build the family business. And the Spirit of God then calls him to go and get baptized. And in baptism, the Spirit of God falls, and a voice of, from heaven says, This is my son, who I'm well pleased. And then it says that the Holy Spirit, Mark says, drove him into the desert, into the wilderness where he was tempted. That was his assignment for the next 40 days to be stretched, to be tempted, to grow deep roots. You know... Tradition tells us that all the apostles but one was martyred. Did you know historians tell us that there are more martyrs in the 20th century than the 19th centuries leading up to it combined? People walking out an assignment regardless of what the cost is. You know, God's assignment can be tough. 
But I'm telling you, it will be good. And it leads to great joy and peace and intimacy with your creator and fruitfulness. You know, I, I want you to uh, watch this video. It's of Kiva Green. We just hired Kiva Green. This week was her first week on the job. And she is going to be our uh, pastor of the community center. And uh, this is great having her. She, she came to Syracuse. She, she ran a community center for eight years. And then she came to Syracuse's uh, Maxwell School um, and studied uh, public administration, got her master's there, brilliant, uh, experienced, and uh, we asked her to take this role. And she talks about some of this understanding this assignment and, and moving in it. Listen to Kiva. Um, in 2008, I went to a conference called the Christian Community Development Association Conference. It's for believers who are interested in serving their communities um, as believers. And there I received a call from the Lord to use all that I had been gifted with to serve those on the margins for the sake of the kingdom. And at the time, I wasn't really sure all of what that meant. But in the years that followed, um, I felt like I came to a better understanding of using things that either the Lord had placed in me that I did really well in or past experiences that I was able to pull from to serve um, in the future or things even that I could develop to do better um, and use that as a gifting for um, service. So currently, I am the community center pastor on the north side. Um, I had been discerning the process for a couple of weeks. I got inv invited to um, interview for the position on the same night that I learned that a full-time position at my home church wasn't available. So as I discerned, I invited um, others around me to listen. Uh, we had a group listening time where we um, asked the Holy Spirit to speak and people reported on what they heard. Um, I asked folks if they felt like this was a good fit, um, I invited criticism. I just tried to make sure I could hear well from my community. I also spent a lot of time in prayer and reflecting. Um, and eventually I felt like this was a lot of ways that the Lord was giving me an open door and a chance to kind of choose into a new assignment. Um, so part of my discernment process was recognizing that it was going to be difficult. Um, I'm away from home. My family and my home community and my home church are in California. Um, I'm away from the sun and experiencing winter. <laughs> um, but I feel like in that, God is good. And I think his assignment for me is good. And his, um, his provision has been really, really good and really kind. So I'm looking forward to the future. Figuring out your call and stepping out and doing it. Regardless of the cost, there, there's going to be great fruit on the north side because of her doing that. For us as a church because we're doing that. And in her home life. You know, and because it's hard, that's this, this fourth thing I know about everybody. Of, that we need each other. In community, we do best. You know, Paul's he's writing this whole thing as this passage continues. He, he says this. He says, you are the body of Christ. And each one of you is a part of it. We work best as a body. We're made for community, each moving in their own assignment. Just like my ears do one thing, my nose does one thing, my eyes do one thing, but I need them all to get through the day. Together we can do it. You know, 
Together, we need to build one another, encourage one another. The Bible says so much about, about how to have healthy relationships because that's what we need to walk in our assignment. It's full of encouragement. You know, the Spider-Man needed this encouragement to get through his fear and his confusion and his uncertainty in this call. And we're going to watch one last scene from the movie. And it's where um, he's all tied up. He's in a bad spot. And his dad's talking to him through the door. His dad knows he's in there. And you can hear the loving encouragement from his dad and the effect it has. Watch this. I see this, this spark in you. It's, it's amazing. It's why I push you, but it's yours. Whatever you choose to do with it, you'll be great. Look, call me when you can, okay? I love you. You don't have to say it back, no. Blindfold on. Mama always asking, where did I go wrong? Took you long enough. What's up, danger? What's up, danger? I see this, this spark in you. It's, it's amazing. Whatever you choose to do with it, you'll be great. Our family doesn't run from things. You're the best of all of us, Mom. You're on your way. Keep going. When do I know I'm Spider-Man? You won't. That's all it is, Miles. A leap of faith. Like, what's up, danger? Like, what's up, danger? Like, what's up, danger? Like, what's up, danger? Made of myself. They fit perfectly. Encouragement can inspire us. Encouragement can give us the courage to, to jump, to leap into the assignment that God has given us. 
That's why I'm so persistent in calling us out as a community to be people who look for the best in each other, who call it out, who speak words of love and truth in grace to one another. We need that to leap into our, our, our assignment. Man, I tell you, I, I got to tell you, I, I feel that more than anything. I, you know, you, you've heard the journey is I've gone through this thing of God calling us a, a new assignment to, to leave the house we raised our kids in and to move uh, to a, a new and, and, and interesting neighborhood. And in the midst of that, as we're going through, that just seems like for a moment, it just seems like what all hell broke loose on that block and it catches on fire and burns four houses around my place. And we're delayed for 11 months and it just seems discouraging and it was hard and it was, it was, just, it was just painful. But it was the voices of encouragement Many of you, of my friends, of, of my small group, that kept calling me and reminding me of the promises of God, of praying for me. It's in community that we get strength to press on, no matter what that assignment that, is, that God's called us to. I know this, that each of you are made uniquely that you, you, you have an assignment, that the assignment is bigger than you, but that you move in that assignment with community, that you can do it. I want to ask you to make a commitment today. Grab your connection card and, and just take a, a look on your connection card on the back at the bottom. There's an action step, a commitment I want you to make. It says, I will tell somebody about my assignment today. If you have an inkling, if you have a thought of it, I want you today, before you go to sleep, to share that assignment with someone. If you're willing to do it, check that box. I'm going to invite the ushers to come up front at all the sites. They'll give you a bucket. Just drop that connection card in a bucket, pass it down the row. At the end of the row, we'll collect those buckets.